or you have your Bible, I invite you to join me in the Gospel of Mark chapter number 2. We're in a series entitled Mark It Up. We're looking at the life and the ministry of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. And this week I want to speak on the subject, Jesus Can. Say it with me, Jesus Can. Isn't that a great affirmation? During COVID, many of you saying, I can't. We can't do this. We can't go there. We can't afford this. We won't be able to do that. And all of the I can'ts, I want to remind us this weekend, Jesus can. The story we find in the Gospel of Mark, the beginning of this chapter, is the story of a man that is paralyzed. He's crippled. He's paralyzed. He can't move. Jesus comes into the town of Capernaum. Many of you who have been to the Holy Land with us, we've been to Capernaum before. You remember that little seaside village there we visited. I want you to envision that in your mind. Jesus goes there and there's a man that's paralyzed. The crowd has gathered. They want to hear Jesus. Jesus is ministering to them. And the Bible says that this paralyzed man, he couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. So he had four friends. And the Bible says they took a... They took a rope and they tied it to the mat. He had a mat he was laying on. And the four corners of the mat, he had four friends, and they dug a hole in the roof and they, they lowered the man to Jesus. Yes. You know you have a real friend if, if they always get you closer to Jesus. That's the friendships to have. Uh, people that have friended you. I got people friended me. I don't even know who they are. But your friends, your friends ought to take you closer to Jesus. Young adult, if you've got a friend that's not taking you closer to Jesus, it's time to cut the rope, okay? <laughs> it's time to move on from that. Do your friends take you closer to Jesus? And the Bible says they lowered him right in front of Jesus. And then the scripture records that Jesus healed the man. With that in mind, we're in chapter 2. Let's read what the scripture says. Verse number 1. A few days later, Jesus again entered Capernaum. The people heard that he had come. Now I'm caught by something. Jesus comes here and he's going to heal a man that's paralyzed. But in chapter 1, verse number 32, there's a little comment there that I'm, I'm caught by. It says that Jesus was in the city of Capernaum and he healed all the sick. Did you notice that in verse 32, chapter 1? He heals all the sick. But here in chapter 2, it says that he comes back and he's going he's to minister to a man that is paralyzed. Have you ever felt like God overlooked you? You ever felt like you didn't get what you needed at the time you wanted it? I'm here to encourage us. You may not have got what you wanted from God last time, but God will always come back. And Jesus again entered Capernaum. Jesus, Jesus comes back. He's still available. God hasn't quit. God hasn't given up on you. Verse number two. They gathered in such a large number that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. He preached the word to them. What word did Jesus preach? He didn't have the New Testament. It's rhetorical, of course. He preached the Old Testament. 
If anybody ever tells you the Old Testament doesn't apply to us today, they disagree with Jesus. Because Jesus preached the word, he preached the Old Testament to these people, and people were healed. Verse 3, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Hmm, I'm caught by that. Yes, a paralyzed man carried by four. He heard that television commercial. If you've been hurt, the number to remember is four. And that's exactly what he did. I'm paralyzed. I'm going to get four people to help me. Let's go on. <laughs> Since they could, not, they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat the man was lying on. Jesus saw their faith. Who? The faith of the four. I'll come back to that. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Did you notice? It was the faith of the four. Have you ever had a time where you needed to ride on somebody else's faith? Has there ever been a time in worship you came in to the house of the Lord and there wasn't a song in your heart and the worship team, they, they carried you in worship? Yeah, you were talking about it. Have you ever been encouraged by somebody else's story, their testimony of what God did for them and their family and their life and their healing, and that, that gave you faith, that helped you through the moment, their story encouraged you? Yes, yes. Has, has somebody ever shared with you the verse that God gave them and you said, that's exactly what I needed? And it was their experience that helped you through a moment. Absolutely. And Jesus saw their faith. And Jesus, Jesus says to this man, your sins are forgiven. The first thing I want to share with you is that Jesus can forgive. Jesus can forgive. And I'm caught by the fact in the story that this is a paralyzed man and the first thing Jesus says to him, you're forgiven. And that seems almost counterintuitive. Typically in the Gospels when Jesus comes in and there's a sick, there's a crippled person, Jesus will heal them. But this man who is paralyzed, Jesus will heal him. But the first thing Jesus does, he says to him, your sins are forgiven. I think there is something implicit in the text that God is telling us. I think what it is suggesting is it was this man's sin that had called his, caused his paralysis. Jesus ministers and says your sins are forgiven, almost suggesting the reason you're in this condition is your sin. Now, please do not hear what I am not saying. I am not saying that every sickness, disease, and malady is a product of sin. It's not. But it appears in this moment, this man's paralysis, this man's condition was caused by his sin. Something in his past caused him and brought about the crippled condition. Was it was it under the cover of night that he stole a horse and a horse and that day in that economy would have been would have been a whole business, would have been a family's livelihood. And he was in the cover of darkness. He stole the horse and he was riding off. And under the cover of darkness, the owner comes out and he draws back a bow and he lets go. And with a sickling uh, drive, that arrow goes and hits him in his spinal column and 
and severs his spinal causing. Is that the cause of his paralysis? I don't know. Did he get involved in a brawl, a fight that he shouldn't have got into? He caused something, he had a head injury, and it caused his paralysis? I don't know. But the Bible seems to suggest that it was because of his sin that he's in this condition. Because the first thing Jesus will say, "Your, your sins are forgiven. And I want to share with you today, God can forgive. God can forgive. Sin will either lure us away from God or keep us away from God. Sin is a sin severs our relationship with God. And, and this man, I'm wondering why he was not healed the first time in chapter number one when he when Jesus came into the city. Was it because he said, you know what, the rest of you go, but Jesus won't heal me? Well, what happened to you? You were an innocent victim, but my problem is called by my sin. It was my mistake. It was my failure. I blew it. And I'm go- I made my bed. And I'm going to sleep in it. Sometimes guilt. Sometimes, sometimes the, the, the pressure of failure. I, I messed up with that marriage. I promised I wouldn't do that. I told God. I asked God to forgive me a hundred times. And I keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. I can't go back to God and ask him to forgive me again. I've made God a promise. And guess what? I did it again. I told God when he delivered me from it that I was set free. But for some reason I got in a moment and I fell back into that. There's some of us. We walked away from a sin, and during COVID, during this season in depression, you've gone back to an addiction. You've gone back to something that God's delivered you from, and right now there's a, there's a pressure. There is a, there's a sense of gloom. There's, there's a sense of condemnation in your life. I want you to know today, Jesus can forgive Jesus can set us free. No matter how big our mistake, no matter how many times we've fallen down, God's message is he can forgive. During this COVID time, I I heard reported on the news here several weeks ago, Tyler Perry, very wealthy. He had contacted grocery chains across America. And in a certain time, on a certain day, in some 73 grocery stores, people, unknowing to them, they checked out the grocery store at the checkout counter. Instead of paying, they were told, Tyler Perry is paying for your groceries. I saw a post on on social media. There are people that had their mask on, but you could tell them they were smiling. They were holding up the register receipt of all the groceries they bought, and they're celebrating. People had their hands raised. You could see baskets of groceries people were loading in their car. They were celebrating because of the benevolence and the kindness of one man. Seventy-three grocery stores were paid for. And I thought, I thought to myself, I wonder if there's somebody. They almost went to the grocery store that day. They almost went to the grocery store. He tells her, no, Myrtle, why don't you go tomorrow? We'll we'll go tomorrow and get groceries. You know what? That makes no difference. And actually, tomorrow's a little closer to payday. So why don't we go to the grocery store tomorrow? And then they hear the news. The grocery store they shop at, had they gone? They would have had free groceries that day. I was thinking about, what if that had happened? What if that happened to us? Denise comes home with the groceries and she says, you're not going to believe this, hon. 
You know, little Billy, I went to the grocery store today and I heard, I was told at the checkout counter, Tyler Perry paid for our groceries. Paid for our groceries. That's wonderful. That's great news. Denise, what did you get? And then she tells me, I got a can, an eight-ounce can of chicken soup and a small package of napkins. What? He's paying. He's paying. And that's all you got was chicken soup and one package of napkins. Denise, if you called me, I got the church van. We'd have backed it up to H-E-B. I'd have have called the secretary and others to help me load this up. That's all you got. You mean somebody with with infinite wealth? You you didn't get me my 12-pack of A&W root beer. You didn't get get us some pork chops. You didn't get us those colored toothpicks. We always buy the the beige ones, the bland ones. We we, we could have had colored toothpicks this time. We could have had all that. And you didn't buy it? No, I didn't want to. I didn't want to buy too much. I didn't know if he could afford it. I want you to know. God can pay. On the cross, Jesus paid for all of our sins. No matter what mistake, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter what's happened in your life, He can forgive you. He can cleanse you. Jesus said in that moment to His disciples, we call it, we call it the Last Supper, the Passover meal. Jesus said, take this cup and drink it. And you're going to drink it in remembrance of me for it is the forgiveness of sins. Plural. God can cleanse us from our sins. God can forgive today. And I'm going to have the privilege of leading us in a moment of taking you in communion right now. And we're going to celebrate the forgiveness of Jesus. I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. If you're here in the room and you didn't receive communion elements, if you'll raise your hand, our ushers will bring them to you right now. And if you're at home, we've prepared you by an announcement on social media. Go ahead and gather your family. Perhaps you have some juice and some crackers there. Get prepared for it. I'm going to pray over the elements. And then I'm going to lead us together, both here in the room and at home. And we're going to celebrate the forgiveness of God. And as we do, as we go to the Lord, I, I just want to, I want to speak to condemnation. I want to speak to guilt. Be gone in the name of Jesus. God, lift it from people. God, lift it. We've got these doors open. Let let condemnation just walk out. Just let him walk out of the door. Quit, Quit carrying that. Quit carrying that grief in your spirit. Quit carrying that in your heart. Let it be gone. Accept the forgiveness of Jesus today. There's nothing you can do to to acquire God's forgiveness. It was paid on a bloody cross, which these elements symbolize. And you can receive it by asking today. Let's pray. Father, these elements, I bless them, the bread and the cup. They symbolize the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. And through Jesus, we have forgiveness and remission of sin. All of our failure, all of our mistake, our addictions, our anger, our personality quirks, the things that we carry, the things that we allow into our life, the things that we fall, the traps we fall into, the the mistakes we make. Oh, God, cleanse our mind and heart. Forgive us today. I pray across this room, and I pray, God, for those who are 
on church online, they'll sense the complete forgiveness of Jesus today. And I ask this in the name of the Lord. Amen. The bread, symbolic of his broken body, I invite you to take in the name of the Lord. Let's share together. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. The broken body. The cup, symbolic of the new covenant in his blood, we're forgiven by Jesus. Would you share together in the name of the Lord? Forgiven, Lord. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It cleanses, it frees us, it sets us. It sets us in right standing with God. For that person that feels estranged, for that person, God, that feels alienated, that person that feels like they're a million miles away from God. They're brought near by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and minister a song to our hearts. The blood of Jesus. Let's worship.
just finish this message if I can. Yes, Jesus can forgive, but let's go back to the text in the Gospel of Mark chapter 2, verse number 10 and following. And it says, Jesus, so he said to the man, I tell you, I like that. He said to the man, I telling you. In other words, you've heard it from others. You heard it from somebody. You'll n- nothing will change. You've heard it from somebody else, you're incurable. You've heard it from somebody else, it's your trouble. You've heard it from somebody else, you're left out. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes you need a word from God. Sometimes you got to procure something in your heart. You need a personal word from God. Your fear talks to you. Your doubt talks to you. Your mistake talks to you. Guilt talks to you. But someday you need to just hear God say, I tell you. And Jesus said, I tell you. Get up. Take up your mat and go home. He got up. He took his mat and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone and what? They praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. In other words, kids, they say, wow. Wow, God, what you can do. And I want to share with you, not only can Jesus forgive, Jesus can heal. Jesus can heal. He forgave the man, but he didn't leave the man incomplete. Jesus can heal. You know Jesus can heal bipolarism? You know Jesus can heal broken relationships? Jesus can heal estranged relationships between a stepfather and a stepson? Jesus can heal. Jesus can mend. Jesus can turn things around. Jesus can lift the darkness of depression off of people. Jesus can heal personality quarks and personality disorders. Jesus can heal. Jesus can touch blood disorders. Jesus can change. Jesus can wipe it away. Jesus can heal. And this man was healed. The scripture tells us something. In the gospel of Mark, it says that man was paralyzed. But there's a parallel account of the same story in the gospel of Luke. Now Luke, the writer, he's a physician. So what does Dr. Luke say? When Dr. Luke describes this man, he doesn't just say he's, 
He's paralyzed. It's a different Greek word used by Luke than any other gospel writer. It's a word that describes the worst condition. It's as saying, you know, he's paralyzed, but he has this or he has that. And the doctor comes in saying, well, not only does he have it, he has stage four. When a doctor says it's not stage, but stage four, when you hear that from a doctor, you're saying, it's the worst. And that's what Luke said. In other words, this man was in the worst condition. This man was the, as bad as it gets, he was as, at the bottom of the level, the bottom of the, just, it couldn't get any worse in his life. And Jesus said, get up off your mat. And the man was healed. And for you, Jesus says the same thing. He can heal you. He can set you free. You say, it's never been this bad in our home. I've never faced anything this grave in the business. I've never, I've never faced anything this bad financially or career-wise. i to tell you, Jesus can. I want to put that in your spirit. And Jesus said, get up off your mat. And the Bible says, and the man got up off of his mat. You know, every one of us have a mat. Every one of us have a place we hold on to, a dysfunction, a, a propensity, something in our nature, something that we just, we excuse that I can't, and it becomes, if you please, our crutch. And Jesus is saying it's time to turn your crutches into wings and get up off of that. It's, it's time to move to a new level. Get up off your mat. Can I take the word mat for a moment and create an acrostic out of it? M-A-T, M-A-T. Every one of us have a mat. Memories, afflictions, troubles. Memories. Some of us, there's a date in the calendar. There's some date that represents the heartbreak, represents a marker in your life of when your life changed, a scar that is so deep and so so searing in your spirit memories afflictions some of us need a physical healing we're afflicted with something and then there's troubles perhaps in the last 90 days troubles have just compounded for you or your business and your home and your life troubles the mat the memory the afflictions and the troubles and Jesus said get up off of that the Bible says the man did something he hasn't done for a long time. He got up and he walked. God's wanting to reverse the conditions in your life. God's wanting to change the conditions of your heart, your family. Jesus has something he wants to do for you. And the scripture says the people worship God. In just a moment, we're going to turn this, this moment into a time of worship. We're going to end this service in worship. This is Pentecost Sunday, and I, I'm reclaiming the altars for us today. And what I'm doing, I came in earlier, and I, I have designated spots all through the altar area here. They're socially distanced. Measure, I measured them myself. Seven to seven and a half feet each. I, I gave you room to raise your hands. Social distancing. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and stand in a spot, and we're going to pray over you in a moment. A touchless altar experience. And the Lord laid this on my heart. A touchless altar experience. What am I talking about? The Bible says in Acts 5 and 15 that they brought the sick, the needy, 
in the street of Jerusalem. And as Peter walked by, people were healed by his shadow, a touchless altar experience. The power of God, the expectation of faith was so great. No one touched them. No one put oil on them. Just the presence of God moved through. And I've claimed that for Pentecost Sunday. God, let there be a move of the Holy Spirit. Let just Jesus, let Jesus give to people what they need. I want you to get prepared. I want you to get prepared. This COVID time, it's, it's been difficult. It's, it's been different, hasn't it? Just different. It just doesn't seem normal anymore and we've been in this and I, I will tell you it's it's been different for you it's been different for Denise and I yes we couldn't have church I live for church I live for church and I'm a handshake and hug person and I can't do that and I find myself slapping my hand I can't do that I've got a social distance during this time and I understand but that's not who I am I can't go make hospital calls. They won't even allow us in the hospital right now. So I, all the normal I can do and during this time, it just seems like we have been, Denise and I have been on seven days a week going, touching base here and calling this one and checking on this one and writing a note here. And we're just going, 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 going all the time during this, during this season. Yes. And then trying to do services and trying to speak into an empty room. Do you know how hard that is? I'm coming in here, I'm talking to a camera. I have to look at a red dot on a camera. And, and they'd say, Pastor, you did it wrong. Do it over. Guys, I, I, can't, I can't talk to an empty room. So I brought my grandson. I said, sit right there, buddy. Just sit right there. i got to have somebody to preach to. And that was the only way I could get through that season. And I'm telling God, God, there's just not enough of me to go around. I, I, can't, I can't touch all the bases. God, what's going on? I feel overwhelmed. There's just not enough of me, God. And I'm back on the patio. Denise and I, we're sitting there. And I'm reading my Bible, talking to the Lord. Denise is eating watermelon, spitting seeds over the fence. And I'm reading the Bible, you know, just trying to hear from the Lord. <laughs> yeah. God, not enough of me. And I hear the whisper of the Spirit. I finally got you to the point where you, there's, you realize there's not enough of you. Just give them more of me. Oh, oh that's, that's what I needed to hear. God, that's what I needed to hear. Jesus can when I can't. Jesus can when I can't. So I give you Jesus today. And I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. And here's how we're going to do a touchless altar experience. I'm going to invite our pastors to come on the platform. And they're going to be wearing masks. And they're going to be on the edge. And they're going to extend their hand over you and pray for you. No touch. No touch now. We're going to do a social distancing. But I'm going to invite you. If you have a need, you need God to heal you. You need God to restore something. You need God to, to give you a breakthrough. If there's, a, if there's an impending date coming up and you need favor in it, and you're saying, God, if this doesn't work out, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you have a need, I'm going to invite you to bring your need to the Lord and come and just stand. I, I put it in the shape of a cross. Just come to the cross. Just find your cross to stand on. And we're going to pray over you in this altar moment. If the, as the altars fill up, we'll be praying with people. You just wait until, until a spot is opened up. We're going to practice social distancing. 
just find a spot. Yes, family can be together there. Yes, a family can be together. Gave extra space. There's all the way to the side, to both sides. And if spots open up, if you'd like to come, as soon as you see a spot open up, you feel like you're welcome to come. You're welcome to come. Just And we're going we're gonna to pray over you. And we're going to believe as, as Acts 5 and 15. The power of God was so strong that even the shadow of Peter, people were healed in the name of the Lord. Would you join me right now, spirit-filled people? It's all right to pray in the spirit. We are a spirit-filled church unapologetically. It's all right to worship in the spirit and pray in the spirit. Let's reintroduce intercession. Oh, Holy Spirit, come into this room right now. Come on, join me. Join me, church. We're going to begin to call down God. This is Pentecost Sunday. We're going to call down the power and the presence of God. Pastors are going to begin to just begin to pray over you right now. We're going to just create intercession and a spirit of miracles in this auditorium. Worship team, lead us in the prayer.